Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonix therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Get enhanced security for your Wi-Fi network with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. And welcome back to the MD Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and it feels like it's been forever since I've been able to talk to you guys. It's actually been a full week due to a technical issue snafu. I'll just bring you guys in on what was going on, why I was not able to recap the Week 14 games. I am so sorry for I was able to post my waiver wire pickup lists on Twitter and on Facebook. So remember, if you follow me at MDFF Show on Facebook and on Twitter, you were able to get that list still out to you, which I think is the most important thing about recapping uh, the previous weeks. Know who it is you need to pick up for the following week because that's in the past and knowing where you're moving forward and stuff 
like that. So again, I'm really sorry I was not able to get the week 14 recap out to you uh, for my actual day job. And this, believe it or not, this is not my day job. This is more like my second job. For my actual day job, I do have to go on the road quite a bit and I have to record, therefore, on my laptop when I am on the road. And uh, this past week, I had a little bit of an issue with my laptop that I was not able to get fixed until I was able to come back home, which I am always home on Thursdays and Fridays, which is why I usually get the podcast out to you sometime in the middle of the afternoon for you to listen to before the Thursday night game. And then, of course, before we go into the weekend on Fridays as well for the part ones and part twos, like today's episode, which will be the week 15 preview part one today. Uh, so that was what was going on. That was why I was not able to recap the week 14 with you. I apologize for that. Like I said, if you follow me at MDFF show on Facebook and on Twitter, you were still able to get my waiver wire list for your teams for this particular week. Look, we're going into most teams are going into the second round of the playoffs for week 15. Uh, while some of you who are in the amateur hour leagues uh, may be in their second week of the first round, because if you play week 17, you probably do the double the double week for per round, and they only have two rounds, which is stupid, and you guys should get out of that league immediately and upgrade into a more professional league. Get, call yourself up to the big league. That's the beauty about fantasy football. You don't need to wait to be called up to the big leagues. Call yourself up to the big leagues and get out of that amateur hour league if you actually play in a league that takes week 17 into account for the championship week because it should not. But I always will always want to harp on that whenever I get the opportunity to do. Uh, today's podcast is the week 15 preview part one. I do have a star sit segment, but it's only going to be three questions instead of the normal five that I pulled off because we have a lot of games we have to get to in today's podcast because we got the Thursday night game. There's two Saturday games, which will also be covered in this podcast as well. And then on top of that, we got all of the one o'clock games and there's an abnormal amount of one o'clock games, uh, this particular week. Actually, when, when we get into the podcast tomorrow, tomorrow's podcast will probably be a little bit on the shorter side. Well, should be a little bit on the shorter side because there's only four games between the four o'clock, the Sunday night and the Monday night games. So I'll have a little bit of a longer start sit segment for you tomorrow. Uh, but I still wanted to make sure I put it in today because I told people I would have a start sit, sit segment. In today. It's just going to be a little bit shorter than it normally is. I'll have a normal length one for you guys tomorrow. Remember, if you want to get your questions answered uh, for any headaches that you are having with your start sit questions in your lineup, or if you want to get your questions put onto the show at MDFF show on Facebook and on Twitter, I will answer any question you send me. And I, of course, will grab a handful of them and put them on the show each and every week as well. So if you want to get your name called out and your question on the air, you have the possibility of being able to do so. All right, without further ado, let's jump right into the Thursday night game here and kick this podcast off. But first, before we even get into that, I know I keep keep doing that, I keep bringing us back. I want you guys to know as we go through this, this is not going to be a typical preview. I'm not going to preview every single player of every single matchup. It's going to be more of a streamlined thing. We are in the playoffs now. If you're in the playoffs, you have a pretty good set team for the most part. You have a good idea of what your team is to this point. We're just kind of fine-tuning the small details of what to expect with these guys and also harping on players that are more going to be involved uh, in playoff lineups as well. I will go over all of the injuries because that can affect a multiple uh, multitude of variables whenever you're looking to put in a lineup and play the best player that you possibly can. So I'll go over all the injuries, whether they're fantasy, whether they're really good fantasy team related or not. 
but we will go through this as a more streamlined type approach uh, for each and every game. Plus, with this podcast in particular, having how many games we got to get to, uh, it'll make it a lot easier on me as well. All right, without any more further ado, I promise. We got the Chargers and the Chiefs tonight on Thursday Night Football. I've been looking forward to this game. I actually, myself in particular, do not have anybody going in this game, nor have anybody playing against me in this game in my playoff matchup this particular week, which is very surprising because a lot of people are going to have a lot of players in this Thursday night game between the Chargers and the Chiefs and on a lot of playoff teams out there. Look, Philip Rivers, obviously sky's the limit. He's been very solid quarterback for you all year long. There's no reason in this matchup, that game that could be a shootout and a plus match against Kansas City Chiefs, that you cannot continue to uh, trust that he's going to be able to perform for you at a quarterback one level. Uh, real quick on the injuries for the Chargers, Austin Eckler has already been ruled out. That was yesterday. And then today, Melvin Gordon still not technically ruled out, but is considered a long shot to play today. I do think we're going to see a lot of Justin Jackson and probably only Justin Jackson in this game. So if you've picked up Justin Jackson, you've been holding on to him, you have to play him against the Kansas City Chiefs. He is at least an RB2 just based on the volume and because of the matchup, could have the potential to put up an RB1 like number of productivity game for you uh, in your most pivotal week here, week 15 in your playoff matchup. So Justin Jackson has to be in your lineup if you've been one of the few that are lucky enough to pick him up and still have him on your team. Of course, Keenan Allen's going to be lights out. He's been getting fed the ball nonstop, especially over the past month. He's been getting the true featured label that you expected him to have all year long. Kind of went through a spurt there where he wasn't getting as much volume as you were expecting him to do so. He is a little bit more of a volume-based wide receiver one type of player rather than some of the elite wide receiver ones who are a little bit more explosive and don't need quite as many touches. But the touches should be there, especially in this game. I'm just not trusting any of the other Charger wide receivers. We know from all year long from listening to this podcast, Tyra Williams, Mike Williams are always going to be 50-50 on which one's going to be the big play down the field. This is another game where I do expect one of them to make a big play, but which one? It's a fool's errand trying to predict which one of these guys it will be. I would say at this point in the season, you have other options where you don't need to be trusting a Tyrell Williams or a Mike Williams. That's pretty much it. You're not going to play the Chargers defense. You're not going to play a tight end. So on the Chiefs side of the ball, it gets pretty straightforward. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, who's good to go, and he's practiced in limited capacity all week long, and he's actually going to be okay and able to suit up for this game. Uh, Sammy Watkins is still going to be out to the playoffs. And then Travis Kelsey, you're going to be playing him as well. So there's not much changes there. Uh, because Tyree Kill plays a lot in the slot, even when Sammy Watkins is out, he's going to be able to avoid Hayward for the most part in this matchup. So I'm not worried about Hayward being able to limit Tyree Kill in any kind of way. Uh, Travis Kelsey... Chargers are about the middle of the pack when it comes to tight end, so this isn't a bad matchup for him. It's not a great one, but it's not a bad matchup for him. So all those guys are going to be great for you like they have been all year long, or at least you can expect them to be along with Mahomes. The only question that comes in here is where is still doubtful for tonight? Hasn't quite been ruled out, but should wind up being ruled out sometime an hour and a half before kickoff in tonight's game. So I would definitely expect Damien Williams. I know they signed Shakandrick West last week. Remember, the coming off of a short week this week, Shakandrick West was not 
active last week. He's still probably trying to get back in the football shape. I think we could be Damian Williams all day, every day, throughout this entire game, especially if you're in a PPR league. I love Damian Williams against the Chargers for this matchup, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get into the start-sit segment uh, for today. Our next game up is our first game on Saturday. We have the Texans and we have the Jets here. Uh, Hopkins has been limited with a foot injury like he has every single day of practice since, I think, week four, I believe, of this week. Kiki Kute continues to be limited on the hamstring issue. is officially questionable for Saturday. Remember, because they're playing Saturday, today on Thursday is actually their Friday practice, so that's why you're getting all the official designations today rather than tomorrow. But Kiki Kute, I don't see how he's somebody you are depending on. I know in PPR leagues, he does have some wide receiver three value, but the Texans haven't been throwing the ball all that often, especially when they haven't needed to. Last week was the first time they've actually needed to because of the game flow. And even then, Watson only threw the ball 38 times. So I don't think Kute is somebody you've been leaning on. If anything, you're looking at DeAndre Hopkins like, are you going to get the volume I need you to? I'm worried about DeAndre Hopkins. And I was going to talk about this in the recap show, and I wasn't able to. But DeAndre Hopkins has me very much concerned because he's becoming pretty a pretty dependent touchdown type of wide receiver over the past three to four weeks or so at this point. He's still the number one wide receiver on this offense, so he has a very safe floor. But I think he's more of a wide receiver, too, over the past month. Uh, and I think your expectation for him, even against the Jets in this matchup, should be a high-end wide receiver, too, with the potential to be a back to being an elite top-end wide receiver, one, because he has the role, he has the talent to do so. Of course, he's healthy for the most part, but because Watson hasn't been throwing the ball all that much, they haven't been that efficient when he has targeted DeAndre Hopkins, and because Watson's only been throwing about a touchdown per game and rarely throwing more than that, you're pretty much hoping Hopkins gets that one touchdown. Otherwise, you're in for a possibility possibility of a long day uh, for DeAndre Hopkins here. So I'm a bit concerned. It is against the Jets. It's a good team to always try to get your key players right. Uh, I know they've been in the middle of the pack when it comes to passing game. Whenever they played against a real good wide receiver who teams have decided they were going to feature going up against the Jets, it's never been an issue getting them the ball, though. So not something I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the matchup here. I'm just more concerned about the overall offensive philosophy in the Texans that seems to have changed to a run-first team rather than a throw-first team. And as a result, the lack of volume that was there earlier on for DeAndre Hopkins and thought would be there with Will Fuller out. And that really just has not been the case. These guys are having a hard time even getting passes deep down the field uh, out of this offense. So I'm a little bit concerned about DeAndre, about depending on DeAndre Hopkins as your wide receiver one. Now, having said all that, you're definitely starting him. That's not the question. The question is, what's your expectation for him? And I think you have to damper his expectations to a very low-end wide receiver one, more in the wide receiver two type of territory. And if you're viewing him that way, it may cause you to have to reach for a home run threat somewhere else in your lineup. So something to keep uh, in mind. Nothing else to talk about there. Lamar Miller continues to be a typical RB2, and I'm still not going to play Alfred Blue. Dante Foreman's still a little bit away from being a factor for this team. With the Jets on that side of the ball, there's really not a lot to talk about other than the injuries is kind of what makes them relevant. Quincy and Nunwag, Isaiah Crowell both rolled out for uh, Saturday. Uh, Triton Cannon is like the only running back who doesn't have an injury designation, but Elijah McGuire, who is listed as questionable, 
is expected to play on Saturday, expected to be able to go and carry most of the workload, especially when it comes to running the football. So if you're looking for a flex play, Elijah McGuire may offer you some, at least based on volume. Now, I don't like the matchup. I don't trust the Jets' offense, where even if they do have somebody who is getting the majority of the work out of the backfield, does not necessarily mean that it's going to be a valuable fantasy play. Uh, it was last week. It wasn't the week before. Remember, there's been games so far this year where Isaiah Crowell has been the clear-cut leader with Bilal Powell out and still has wound up doing absolutely nothing for you week in and week out. So, McGuire does, I did put him on the waiver wire segment. He does have a high floor flex appeal if he's going to start and be able to go with Isaiah Crowell already ruled as out. And we know McGuire does get involved in the passing game as well. So there is a possibility that pure volume will make him a decent flex play, but still not a flex play that I'm going to be overly confident about and without a doubt automatically starting in that position. It's going to depend on what else I have available to me on my playoff team. Uh, while Anunwa is out, Robbie Anderson is good to go. I know people looking at Jermaine Curse. Could he be a sleeper flex play? Maybe DFS. I'm not trusting anything out of the Jets passing attack whatsoever. Really anything out of their offense other than Elijah McGuire might touch the ball a ton, uh, this particular week. Their next game, we have the Browns and we have the Broncos in this one. Now, uh, David Njoku continues to be limited in the beginning of the week like he has been for about the past month with the knee injury. He was limited yesterday and uh, Wednesday's practice, expected to be limited again today in Thursday's practice. At this point, David Njoku just belongs on the waiver wire. Uh, while he had a pretty good start to the season since Freddie Kitchens has taken over, he hasn't been overly involved in the offense. He did have a decent week two weeks ago where he had 63 yards and a touchdown in that one, but that had been the first game really since about week eight that he had done much of anything to consider him as a decent tight end play. And last week was the week for him to get right. He was playing against Carolina Panthers, giving up the most touchdowns to tight ends all year long, and yet still was not found in the end zone, still was only found for three catches for 35 yards. David Njoku belongs on your bench. I wouldn't overthink that part of it at all. Nick Chubb still continues to be a mid to low level RB1 uh, in each and every matchup. Against Coming against the Broncos here, their defense was definitely torn up by the San Francisco 49ers, and that is saying a lot because that has not been a good offense all year long. And without Chris Harris, I don't know what Chris Harris has to do with the running game. He's not supposed to have anything to do with the running game, but apparently tight ends and running backs are two things they no longer wanted to cover, tackle, or do anything about since Chris Harris went out two weeks ago. So having that in mind, with this being the second Saturday game, I think Nick Chubb could be in line for a decent game here. Jarvis Landry, two weeks in a row now, Jarvis Landry has made himself a vital part of the offense once again. Not really sure why he went through a month period of being completely and utterly irrelevant, but he seems to be back to being the number one wide receiver and being featured as such as a playmaker on this team. As a result, Jarvis Landry belongs back in your starting lineups. If you've been still in the playoffs and have had Jarvis Landry and didn't have him in your lineup or have had him in your lineup, you can expect him to at least be a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, uh, and a PPR factor, definitely a mid-level uh, wide receiver two if you're playing in that kind of a format as well. Uh, nobody else on the Browns am I going to trust in this matchup for this game. I'm not streaming Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm not playing any of the other wide receivers at all either. So on the Broncos side of the ball, 
pretty much straightforward with who you're playing. You're definitely playing Philip Lindsay. Outside of that, anything is up for grabs. Look, this is a decent matchup for Cortland Sutton, who got a little bit banged up last week, but doesn't have an injury designation for this week, so he does seem to be as healthy as he possibly can be at this point in the season and ready to go. Uh I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna trust them. I can one, I can't trust Case Keenum right now at this point in the season, even in a decent matchup. But two, I don't know how you trust Cortland Sutton. He hasn't gotten the added target share. Now, last week was the first week without Emmanuel Sanders, and of course, he gets banged up in that game and missed a good chunk of it. So it's hard to take anything out of that game. What would his volume have been like had him had he been able to stay through the game with Emmanuel Sanders out? And there's a possibility that maybe in this game, if he doesn't get banged up, we will get to see what that might look like. But we also thought that was going to happen when Demarius Thomas got traded away and his target share went nowhere. Look, the fact of the matter is Case Keenum is not a very good perimeter-throwing quarterback. And if Cortland Sutton's not going to move in and out of the slot, which he did not do that much while he was in the game last week, if he's going to continue to play primarily as a perimeter-wide receiver, that puts him at a big disadvantage with the quarterback that he has in place. So I am not going to start Cortland Sutton. I'm not going to start Deshaun Hamilton. It's not even going to be a thought in my mind, nor will I stream the Broncos' defense after seeing what they look like without Chris Harris uh, last week as well. All right, for our next game, we got the Cardinals and we got the Falcons. This is going to be an interesting game. Look, on the Cardinals side of the ball, I get it. You got David Johnson, you got Larry Fitzgerald. Just a quick note, David Johnson didn't practice yesterday, did come back in a limited capacity today, is expected to be fine to play on Sunday. It's a quadriceps injury, so everybody was a little bit concerned. But Wilkes right away was saying yesterday that he fully expected David Johnson to play on Sunday. But you always can, you always don't know what, uh, what's going on with the coaches when they, when they comment on that. We've, you know, just, just last week we went through this with Mike Tomlin of like, oh, it's a leg contusion for James Conner. Oh, it's actually something closer to a higher ankle sprain, even though we're going to do everything in our power not to actually call it a high ankle sprain for whatever retarded reason and just leave all of you guys in the dark as much as we possibly can. That can sometimes be the coach's philosophy. There's nothing you can do about that if it is. But in this case, it does look like Steve Wilkes was telling the truth. He did come back and practice today. He does look like he will be fine. Uh, the biggest pro- concern you probably had about David Johnson is two things. One, they've gone back to kind of using him in a retarded way. Uh, a lot of runs up the middle. Last week, they finally got him the ball through the air again. It was eight catches for 12 yards, though. So still not throwing him angle routes, not lining up his wide receiver, only throwing him two-yard flare routes, and that was about it last week. I guess in one hand, if you're in a PPR league, and I was like, well, that's eight extra points in your pocket, even though it didn't go for much, which is typically, which is really the reason why I personally, I play in a PPR league, but I personally hate PPR leagues because of uh, production lines like that, where you get eight points when you did absolutely nothing to, absolutely nothing that should reward you in any kind of capacity, because there's, that's not productivity just because you ca- caught the fucking ball for two yards. It's not. Uh, but, I do play in a PPR league, so I can't say too much, but that is why I personally disdain PPR leagues uh, in general for that kind of production. But I digress, getting back to David Johnson here. So overall, he still got the workload that he would normally get. He had 15 carries, 8 catches, he had 23 touches at the end of the day. Now, it only went for, I believe, 71 total yards, and it's been almost a month now since he scored in the end zone. Of course, everybody's still reeling from two weeks ago when Chase Edmonds had two touchdowns inside of the red zone, and that drove everybody up a wall, especially when you have David Johnson, who hasn't been as great this year, playing playing on a team that has 
utilized him and then not utilized him and then utilized him again only to not utilize him again. And also, all that time, even when he touches the ball a ton, he's still playing behind one of the shittiest offensive lines in all of the NFL. So as a result, he doesn't always get uh, a good line of blocking. He always doesn't get a good opportunity even when he does get opportunities. So that's the problem you've been having mostly with David Johnson. You're playing against a Falcons team that is known for giving up receptions to running backs and actually going for more than two yards per catch when they actually catch the ball uh, and also are just porous against the run in general. Now, I'm still worried about the Cardinals' offensive line because they can make even the worst run defenses look uh, like the 85 Bears. But I will go with as long as he's able to get his 20 touches in this game, David Johnson should still have a decent game for you in this one. I know he's just the reason I go through all that because he is one of those guys where a lot of people have talked about if I have a plethora of options or at least let's say four options at running back, you play three of them, one in your flex, and you have another one who's been pretty good for you. David Johnson is one of those guys who, even though you took him in the first round, you might be debating whether you really want to play him in your playoff matchup or not. And this week against the Falcons, I would. Uh, I would stick with him for this week. Same thing goes for Fitzgerald. I think Fitzgerald offers a wide receiver three potential in this matchup. I do think the Cardinals are going to have to throw the ball a bit. He should be able to get the volume. There's nobody else even healthy on this Cardinals roster. Uh, if people are going to score, it should most likely be David Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald. So I Fitzgerald, I'm not as concrete on you have to play. Uh, as I am with David Johnson, but I do think he belongs as a flex or a wide receiver three, depending on the options that you have. In that case, if you do have some good options uh, who have been more trustworthy as of late, I may lean that direction. On the Falcons side of the ball, first of all, we got to talk about Austin Hooper still has not practiced all week long, and that's a big one because he's been a big time uh, streaming tight end thus far this year and with him not practicing yesterday or today he does make it kind of difficult on you especially with the tight end position being the way it is my recommendation especially if you're a Jordan Reed out owner out there as well is that you go and you pick up Vernon Davis I know I know the Redskins look like they can't do anything on offense but it will be Josh Johnson not Mark Sanchez starting so uh, that would just be my tidbit if you're looking for somebody to replace Austin Hooper and you're looking at the wasteland the after the the aftermath of a nuclear war wasteland apocalypse that uh, is the tight end position of this year uh, i would say you would go after vernon davis if you need somebody there julio was sent home today from practice due to an illness so as long as he's feeling better i think he will be fine and good to go for sunday nothing to be concerned about there if you're a julio jones owner uh, obviously, you're starting all your guys. You're starting Matt Ryan. You're starting Julio Jones. I like Calvin Ridley as a high-end wide receiver three this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, I know the Arizona Cardinals actually have a top 10 secondary uh, against wide receivers in fantasy football at the end of the day. But with Julio Jones playing, he'll see more of Patrick Peterson on that side of the football. I still think you can take care. I think it's still think you can take advantage of the backside corner of the Atlanta Falcons. And this game's at home, and the Falcons are due. Like, Steve Sark- this is exactly what worried about me, Steve Sarkeesian, coming into the season. He just he gets in these 
these phases where he just goes through a really stupid spell and doesn't know how to utilize his players. And it's been very evident with the fact or the lack of utilization that he has bothered to have for Tevin Coleman, Ito Smith. I mean, just getting them involved in the offense at, at all, having any type of running game. I don't know what he's doing. You got to know this offense is built for play action with Matt Ryan and that running game, that West Coast system. And he's not getting, he's not, not only is he not getting involved in the running game, he's not even getting these guys involved in the passing game either. I don't know. I don't know what the stick up his ass is doing to his brain. Uh, over this past month, but that's what you pretty much had to deal with with Steve Sarkeesian thus far, and this is what I was worried about. Having said all that, they have too much talent to continue to be this pathetic on offense like they have been for the past few weeks, so I expect against Arizona, they're going to get guys going. I think that means Ryan. I think that means Julio. I think it means Calvin Ridley, and to a lesser degree, I think Muhammad Sanu could be a high-end wide receiver for in a PPR league for this particular week as well. Alright, for our next game, we have a doozy. The Detroit Lions Lions and the Buffalo Bills. This is one of those games where you're not even going to have that many fantasy players involved in this matchup. So I don't know who's watching this game because I can tell you right now, the Lions and the Bills fans, even they're not watching this game. Uh, Stafford was limited in practice yesterday with the back issue continues to be Johnson still has not practiced through today. I did get the updated information on him. So he doesn't look like he's going to play yet again. That means it means the same thing. Theo Riddick is a high floor flex play in a PPR league at running back. Garrett Blunt is a touchdown dependent flex player as well, who I wouldn't bother trusting, quite frankly. And with Matthew Stafford banged up with his back issue, even though Bruce Ellington looks like he's not going to play this week because of his hamstring issue and he hasn't practiced at all this week, I still don't know if you can trust Kenny Galladay in this game. First of all, he's going to see Tredavious White quite a bit from the Buffalo Bills, who has been pretty good against top-end wide receivers thus far this year. He's going to get shadow-covered by him. And the Lions, in general, offensively, have been unpredictably uh unpredictable in their play calling, but the one thing that has been predictable is how bad they have been in their productivity. So... With Kenny Galladay, I don't know how you trust him to put him in your starting lineup for this week in your playoff matchup. And he, to me, outside of Theo Riddick being a legitimate high floor flex play, uh, is the only other fantasy relevant player right now on the Detroit Lions. And even him, I don't know if I would have him in my lineups for this particular week, given the circumstances of Detroit. Even though I do think Detroit might actually win this game, it doesn't matter. On the Buffalo Bills side of the ball, LaShawn McCoy was able to come back to practice today. That was quite uh, surprising to me, given the it's a hamstring issue, given where the Bills are at this part of the season, given McCoy's history. Of- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
of when he's on a team that's out of it, he tends to get some kind of soft tissue injury and not play again for the rest of the year. Whatever the incentives they have in his contract, he must be close to achieving them because that's the only reason why I could see him pushing himself to try to completely play for the entirety of this season. So definitely things to keep in mind. But he was able to practice today. And if it winds, if it winds up, it's really not a major hamstring issue, which would stand a reason being that he's able to practice this week already. Uh, there's a good chance we're going to see McCoy out there. We'll have the entirety of the Bills offense because Chris Ivory doesn't even have an injury designation, even though he got nicked up in last week's game as well. So, look, when it comes to the Bills, I don't even think you're not putting McCoy in your lineups at this part. If if you even have, if you're in the playoffs with a team that actually has Sean McCoy on the roster, I'd be shocked. But if you're one of the few teams that do, you're not putting him into your starting lineup this week. He's not even a volume-based flex play to me this particular week either. The only guy we're talking about, and I can't believe it, is Josh Allen as a possible streaming quarterback. Just because he's been running so much. He ran over 100 yards on a touchdown last week. He's been at, he's been either close or over 100 yards the past three weeks. He actually, I think last week he broke the Michael Vick record for how many, uh, for how many 100 yard games or something, I believe, or something like that, or within some kind of time period. Uh, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it was a record held by Michael Vick and Josh Allen broke it for rushing yards because he's had over 300 rushing yards over the past three games. All those things are making him pretty fantasy relevant. I am not going to tell you to pick up Josh Allen and play him in your lineup. So that is not something I'm going to do. Because the thing about Josh Allen is that if he doesn't run for 100 yards and possibly a, a rushing touchdown on top of that, he very well could wind up just getting you single-digit points based off of his throwing statistics, which have not been good still to this point. So you have to hope against Detroit. He's able to continue running the way he is. Otherwise, it could be a really bad outing. And it's just... It's not a risk I am willing to take in a playoff matchup. And I have to think if you're at this point in the playoffs, you do have other options at quarterback to be able or a little bit more dependable to through this season. Now, I'll give you one of my personal situations just because I think it is a situation I think people could be in and would possibly look at a Josh Allen if they really just want to go for the fences. In my situation, I'm sitting here, I have Aaron Rodgers and I have Jameis Winston, neither of which I feel great about playing because you got Jameis Winston against Baltimore, you have Aaron Rodgers against Chicago, and while the Packers had their best offensive outing of the year last week, uh, it still wasn't a great game for Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day, and he still have a banged-up offensive line going against the pass rush of Chicago Bears, who just made the Rams, and their really good offense that has been really good all year long, uh, look pathetic and out of sync and not look like they had a clue of what they wanted to do or how they wanted to attack last week in that Sunday night game. So I don't feel great about either one of those options. I'm still going to play Aaron Rodgers over Josh Allen because I am not going to sit there and take that chance that Josh Allen gets bottled up and then it's all over. At least with Rodgers, you know he has the ability to throw the football. So that that's the difference here. So I, I'm just using my personal example because I think it's an example of if you are in the playoffs and we're looking for a streaming quarterback, I do think that's a, a situation that more people than just myself would have. So I just want to give you some insight into that part of it. And speaking of the Packers and the Bears game, that is our next game up that we're talking about first of all on the injury list Jimmy Graham once again continues to sit out Wednesday did come back and practice today once again he's expected to play Randall Cobb's been limited in practice yesterday and today as well with the hamstring issue that is going to be something that is going to reoccur every single week for the rest of the year as well he's not going to practice in full at any given point and 
Jimmy Graham might be in your lineups as a tight end. He's definitely a guy who he's, he's hit or miss with the volume, but especially in PPR leagues, he does every other week seem to get a good amount of volume to make him a relevant low-end tight end one option. The fact that I think he only has about a couple touchdowns on the year has been incredibly disappointing, but he still, as far as tight ends go, has been relatively in that tight end one discussion towards the lower part of it. So Jimmy Graham is still somebody who I could very well see in your starting lineups this week, even against the Chicago Bears in this matchup. I just talked about Rodgers here. Historically, Rodgers does light up the Bears seemingly no matter what the situation is, no matter how good the Bears defense is, no matter how out of sync the Packers offense has been to that point, he does seem to find a way when it comes against Chicago. I mean, that was the game week one. He hurt his knee. He's basically out there on one leg and threw for 286 yards and three touchdowns in that matchup against this Bears defense has been pretty good all year long. It was pretty good in that game as well. So it's not impossible And the Packers offense as a whole, I guess, looked better last week, although I still wasn't overly impressed. And for having being a better Packer overall performance, uh, Aaron Rodgers still threw for the least amount of yards that he has all year long at 196. That was two less than he did a couple weeks ago at 198, which was his least total uh, to that point. Still only threw for two touchdowns. The the ticker was it was the two touchdowns and he ran for 44 yards. So that was what got him to that 20-point mark where at the end of the day, you're not going to complain. But that was at home against a poor Atlanta defense. You're going on the road to Chicago against a very good Chicago defense. And in a situation where your offensive line, especially the interior of your offensive line, might be all backups yet again this particular week. So, the pressure that he's going to see is going to be out of control. It's going to come down to the game plan for that. Did they screen for that? And so far, I've been unimpressed with with the Packers game planning for teams from week to week. Now you can be like, well, it was Mike McCarthy. Now you're under Joe Philbin. Yeah. It didn't look any different to me last week. The offense didn't look any different to me last week. The difference was that they were playing a worse defense than they had to that point. Uh, that was really the only difference to me, and things were working, and they were able to run the football with Aaron Jones. None of those things are going to just be the case just because they showed up against Chicago. So I was not very impressed with their overall performance last week, and if you're looking for fantasy value, I don't think anything has changed. Aaron Rodgers still a guy you don't feel good about, even though the name should give you some confidence, and it just doesn't so far this year. Aaron Jones is going to get the volume. He's a playmaker, but this is a tough matchup for him. I think he's going to be nothing more than a mid-level to low-end RB2. Devontae Adams is a wide receiver one. And then Jimmy Graham, is. it's a matter of whether he gets the volume that day or not as far as a tight end one. And you're not playing anybody else. That includes Mardell Scantling. That concludes uh, Randall Cobb. Anybody else? And, and even those guys in this matchup, you don't feel great about. So nothing really changed for me as far as my analysis go after watching them against the Atlanta Falcons uh, from a week ago. On the bear side of the ball, Trubisky didn't look very good against the Rams, but that was his first week back from his shoulder injury, so he might be knocking off some of the rust. You are going to play a Packers defense that is much worse than the Rams defense, so that's going to help out as well, especially in the pass rush. Jordan Howard is still a volume-based flex play to me. Uh, if he gets 20 touches, he typically can knock himself into the RB2 category. But because you don't know if he's going to get those touches or not, he is more of a flex play at the end of the day in my mind. Tariq Cohen, I do think, is a 
boomer bust flex play, a guy who does have the potential for a really high ceiling against the Green Bay Packers for this particular week, especially with catching the ball. So I do think Terry Cohen is somebody who, if you've been playing in the flex to try to get those big games, this is a week that he could get another big game here. He was still serviceable for you last week, even though he didn't blow up, but he still had a nice little floor for you. Uh, I do think he's become, he has a higher floor than he used to. He's not as much, his bust isn't busting all the way out anymore like it once was, especially as of late. They've been using him a little bit more and more. I do like the matchup for him in this game as well. So I do like Tariq Cohen as a flex play. Allen Robinson is expected to practice today. He didn't practice yesterday because of a hip issue, but he is expected to practice today and to play on Sunday. So if you want to play Allen Robinson as your wide receiver too, by all means do so. Outside of that group, I'm not playing anybody else in Chicago Bears. Trubisky is a low-level quarterback stream to me. I would look for other options, but because of the matchup and the second week coming back off of the shoulder injury, I do think he'll have an opportunity to run. I do think he'll have more lanes to throw, so I do think he's on the lower end streaming of the quarterbacks if you're looking to go that route and he is available due to his injury that people dropped him. Uh, but I'm not playing Gabriel Anthony Miller, nor am I. I'm doing everything in my power to not have to play Trey Burton uh, as well. And I'm uh, with. Uh, I take uh, Chicago Bears defense. I will stream the Chicago Bears defense this week against the Green Bay Packers. If nothing else, they should get quite a few sacks. Even if Rodgers continues to not throw interceptions and not turn the ball over, they should get quite a few sacks in this game. All right, we're going to go right into our starts this segment. Remember, it's a shorter segment than it normally is. And then on the flip side, we got six more games we got to get through for the rest of the Week 15 Preview Part 1. So let's start that start sit segment right here. Start sit headaches. Our first question of the day comes up here from Royce. Rolls Royce. He's actually a returnee from earlier in the season, and he had a pretty good question here for us. He asked, in a standard league, Curtis Samuels or DJ Moore? Look, as a fantasy show host, uh, expert guy who gives a lot of fantasy advice to a lot of different people, I could tell you on behalf of me and everybody else who's in the industry that uh, we pretty much want to avoid this question come hell or high water right now because this is what it boils down to. DJ Moore is still playing a significant amount of more snaps at least up until last week because last week Devin Funches was barely on the field and Curtis Sam and DJ Moore were actually more split but up until last week it had been DJ Moore playing a lot more snaps however as seemingly has had no bearing on which one of them decides to be productive in any given particular week so going up against this week and coming off of a week where Devin Funches was not involved in the offense at all and as long as he's on the field we'll still probably see Marshawn Lattimore most of the time uh we'll see the Saints switch that up because I do think it would be a waste of time to stick Marshawn Lattimore and Devin Funches right now just because of the lack of usage that the Carolina Panthers have been throwing his way as of late and given that Cam Newton's arm does look like it's quite banged up he doesn't look like he's looking for that perimeter throw quite as much he looks like he's looking to either uh, dink it down to a Christian McCaffrey and Ian Thomas and kind of hit on hit these guys on a drag routes or an out route uh, so being that he's looking more and more for that I do think it might be a waste of time but uh, if we have to go we have to go off of what we know so far and we have to go off of the pattern that has been, and the pattern has been that the Devin Funches type of receiver will be getting stuck by Marshawn Lattimore more times than not in this particular game. If they were to change it up because of what the usage has been as of late, I do think it would be DJ Moore 
who would wind up seeing Marshawn Lattimore before Curtis Samuel. Because remember, Curtis Samuel still plays more so in the slot. That is more where the disadvantage of the Saints comes into play. But also remember, the Saints defense in general has been playing a lot better, especially over the last four to five weeks, and have been on a bit of a hot streak as far as the defense in general for fantasy football purposes go. So while it's a matchup that doesn't scare you off, it's not a matchup that was as ripe for the taking as it once was earlier on uh, in this season. Having said all that, I think that we can look to a similar thing of what we saw out of Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys, both who had okay games against the Saints last week. Uh, and I think you can look kind of similar to that. So Curtis Samuels or DJ Moore, which one do you go to? <sighs> My immediate advice would be I would try not to trust either one of them if you could. That would be my more general advice, especially in a standard league. But if I had to pick one, I actually think I would pick Curtis Samuels in this particular matchup. Look, DJ Moore plays more, so usually if you're looking for a tiebreaker, you're going to go with the guy who plays more snaps. And that would be DJ Moore if that's the type, that's, that's a philosophy that you want to invoke into your lineup this week. But because of the situation, the way these guys have produced over the past few weeks, the way the Panthers have utilized them over the past few weeks and given the matchup against the Saints, I think Curtis Samuels is the one who has a more likely chance to be the guy who has an opportunity to make a couple of big plays than DJ Moore does in this particular matchup. So it's Curtis Samuels, but I don't feel great about it, and it would be very, very slight. And like I said, my overall advice to you would be to see if you can't figure out a different, more dependable option uh, for this particular week. All right, our next question up, we have Anderson. He asks, in a full PPR league, Damian Williams or Aaron Jones this week? Great questions. Why I wanted to pull this question. There's gonna be a, there's been a ton of questions about Justin Jackson and Damian Williams and who do you play uh, them over or not play over in this particular week in your playoff matchup. I get it. You're definitely playing Damian Williams over Aaron Jones in a full PPR league tonight. A, the matchup against the Chargers is better than the matchup against the Bears. But with wear out, and I don't think Sharkandrick West ready to take on a significant role, I think Damian Williams is going to get a ton of volume in this game, particularly in the passing game. Uh, I think he's got, he does have some capabilities when he gets out in open space. He does have the ability to break one every so often. He did get a touch, he did get two touchdowns, I believe, uh, week, two weeks ago, and it was scored again last week over Spencer Ware. So he's been able to get in the end zone, even with Spencer Ware in there. I like Demi Williams a lot more than Aaron Jones because of the matchup for this week as well. Uh, Cuse, or at least I hope that's how he pronounced it, Cuse. Uh, he has Jimmy Graham or David Njoku. We kind of already answered this question. If you listened to earlier on the podcast, I think David Njoku needs to be on your waiver wire and to stay on your waiver wire. So, uh, as a result, it's a no-brainer Jimmy Graham due to that. Uh, he, just, he has more volume at the end of the day. Yeah, David Njoku scored more touchdowns at the end of this year, but he just has not been involved. Where Jimmy Graham, he has been hit or miss, but kind of missed last week. So this week it should be a hit just based on the volume, based on the pattern that we have seen. I would just, I'd rather take the chance that Jimmy, that Jimmy Graham will be able to get a decent floor game for you, uh, in this, in this particular week in your matchup. I don't want to go through another, I wouldn't want to go through another bottom seller performance from David Njoku at my tight end position uh, in a playoff game. So that's going to wrap up our start set segment. Like I said, I only pulled out a couple of questions for this particular one. So let's go ahead and move on and get to the rest of the podcast, the rest of the six games that we have left uh, for the one o'clock games in the week 15 preview part one. All right, next up, we got the Oakland Raiders 
and the Cincinnati Bengals. Why, oh why, oh why? I really wish you could just have a certain point in a season where you're just like, NFL games that don't matter, just go away. Uh, <laughs> all right, so what are we looking at here, really, between these two teams? And I'm gonna I'm gonna lump them. In, I'm not even gonna take a team by team on the on this match. I'm gonna lump them in the one the one sum because between the two of these teams, there are only two players. I'm sorry, I take that back. There are only three players between these two teams that are possibly even considerations in your fantasy playoff team at this point in the season. That would be Jared Cook for the Oakland Raiders, and then it'd be Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd for the Cincinnati Bengals. I know John Ross has been scoring touchdowns, but outside of scoring touchdowns one week, he hasn't been doing anything else. He's actually in standard leagues, has been still in the single-digit points, even with those touchdowns each per week. So you're not doing anything with John Ross. Tyler Boyd is still going to be the number one wide receiver. While I've talked about a lot on this podcast and how without A.J. Green, his fantasy production actually is... Uh, hurt it is actually gets hurt more than it does help him because it's not based on volume for him so much because this is a great match against the Oakland Raiders and it's back home in Cincinnati it is a game in which if he does get the added volume share say about eight targets or more in this particular game he should have a pretty high floor if nothing else at the end of the day I think he's still a high-end wide receiver three low and wide receiver two in this particular matchup Joe Mixon continues to be a high-end RB2, uh, especially in this match against the Oakland Raiders. I know they did a good job against Jalen Samuels a week ago, but that was also Jalen Samuels, the Steelers, playing retarded offense once again. Uh, had a lot more to do with that than it did anything else. So I do like Joe Mixon a lot. And Jared Cook, as far as tight ends go, he, he gives you an opportunity to be in the top five as far as tight end at the position. So you can play him as well. Everyone else outside of that is completely and utterly irrelevant when it comes to your fantasy playoff lineup. All right, so for our next game, we have the Cowboys and we have the Colts. So there's a lot to talk about in this one, though. Elliott's back to practice today. He is going to be good to go and play on Sunday. That was the expectation all along, but I was just curious to see him not practice on Wednesday and just wanted to get an update on what that injury was really going to be. He did come back to practice today. He's going to be fine, so no worries there. And obviously, you play Elliott in your lineup, and you can expect the world because how much he's catching the ball and rushing the ball. I mean, he's touching the ball an ungodly amount right now, and even when he's not scoring, which he hasn't done a ton of in the past three or four weeks, even when he's not scoring, he's getting so many scrimmage yards, going over 100 yards, rushing and tacking on 50 to 70. He's almost getting 200 yards from scrimmage the past few weeks, even when he doesn't score. That's why he's such an RB1, and when he scores a touchdown, it's just cherry on top uh, to go along with it. So Elliott's been great as an RB1. What you're really looking at here is you're looking at Mari Cooper, you're looking at Dak Prescott. What's your expectations for them? I know the Colts did a good job against DeAndre Hopkins a week ago, against really the entire receiving core of the Houston Texans, but that's also been the Houston Texans this year. They're not as prolific on the perimeter thus far this year. They don't throw the ball quite as effectively or as much as they did a year ago either. So I'm not really overly concerned about this matchup. I think Amari Cooper is a very solid wide receiver too here. And I do think Dak Prescott can continue to be a streaming option if that's what you've been going with over the past few weeks. Look, he's he put up over 30 points for, for quarterback fantasy last week because he had the big uh, second half there against the Philadelphia Eagles took advantage in that matchup. I don't think this matchup is quite as juicy, of course, but I do think it's a matchup in which you're going to see Prescott run a little bit more than he has the past couple of weeks and kind of get you some more fantasy points 
that way. Like I said, he's still a streaming option. There's still some limitations to his ceiling, I believe, at the end of the day, but I do think he has a pretty good floor. I don't think he's going to dud out on you uh, in this particular matchup. So if you're looking for a streaming quarterback and you're going that route, I do think he's somebody you can stick with for this game as well. On the Colts side of the ball, look, you have to play Andrew Luck. Um, I think you have to play Marlon Mack as a flex play in this particular game, even though you're not going to love the matchup for either one of them whatsoever. Now, as far as T.Y. Hilton goes, he hasn't practiced yesterday nor today. On this this week, it's an ankle injury. Remember, last week he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday with a shoulder injury, came back in a limited capacity on Friday, and then went for 199 yards on the game on Sunday. So not practicing Wednesday and Thursday, as we know with T.Y. Hilton, is not the end of the world as far as what his productivity can be on Sunday and even as far as whether or not he will play but being that this is an ankle injury not a shoulder injury it does bother me a little bit more than the shoulder injury did last week the fact that he has not been able to practice because that affects a lot to me a shoulder uh, an ankle injury affects you a lot more as a wide receiver than a shoulder injury I know you're thinking like well use your hands catch the ball running those routes running those patterns making those quick breaks especially for an explosive receiver like T.Y. Hilton is way more important at the end of the day so I do think that's something you're going to have to keep your eye on tomorrow. Of course, I'll update you at MDFF Show on Twitter. Make sure you have those alerts set. Get those player up-to-date notifications for you. I will make sure you always are up-to-date the second I know something, you know something, and I know something pretty quickly when it comes to uh, compared to a lot of these other app sites and ESPN and all that. So I've been pretty good so far this year, not to toot my own horn, but if you've been following at MDFF show on Twitter, you already know that and I'm up to date and getting that advantage over your opponent that you need, especially, especially this time of the year. Eric Ebron continues to be a top five tight end. He's not even on the injury report this week, so you are good to go there. Nothing to worry about as well. Our next game, we have the Dolphins and we have the Vikings. Vikings coming off that pitiful, 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 pitiful offensive showing against the Seattle Seahawks. And it was so bad. It was so terrible. It was such a turd that they fired their offensive coordinator, John DeFlippio, who was a head coaching candidate and a hot coordinator candidate. And after 13 games, 13 games, Mike Zimmer fired him. Look, kudos to him. I've been having a problem with the way John DeFlippio has been calling this offense all year long, the way he has totally turned away from the running backs and Dalvin Cook in particular, and the way he should be utilizing him, putting all the pressure on Kirk Cousins, not doing anything to help that offense out, not doing anything to get some just easy, quick plays that are just positive yardage to get you back into rhythm as an offense. Doesn't do that. Looks for chunk plays or he throws it to Stephon Diggs behind the line of scrimmage. It's like one or the other with this guy. It was so glad to see John DeFilpio fired. The Vikings need that in the worst way, and they need an offensive philosophy change. I think this could be added work for Dalvin Cook, and against the Miami Dolphins, it could not have come at a better time if you're a playoff team that still has Dalvin Cook on your roster. That's another player who I do not think is on too many fantasy playoff rosters, especially second rounds of the playoffs at this point for most leagues. Uh, so if you do have Dalvin Cook and you are still in the playoffs, I love him as a high-end flex play, RB2 type of player against the Miami Dolphins for this particular week. I do think it means added usage for him. It's a good matchup for running backs against the Dolphins any other time of the week, uh, any other time of the year, I should say. So I do like Dalvin Cook in your starting lineups if you're actually in the playoffs and have Dalvin Cook on your team as well. All right, for 
The rest of everybody else, Stephon Diggs, you play him. Adam Thielen, you play him. Adam Thielen, I know he got a little bit banged up in that game on Monday, but he does not have an injury designation for Sunday, so you're good there. Kirk Cousins, I'm actually okay playing Kirk Cousins. I know he's been bad. I know you've probably had to move on to streaming options. Probably been doing that since week eight or nine, since he kind of fell off the wagon from earlier on in the season when he was throwing the ball. So just pure volume was making him a quarterback one early on in the season. Uh, and then he just kind of just fell off from there. The productivity just wasn't quite there. Pretty much the second Adam Thielen didn't get 100 yards at a touchdown, like this entire offense went to shit in a handbasket. But neither there nor here before it comes to this this week, this matchup. Kirk Cousins, I do think, could be a low-end QB1 against the Dolphins with a new offensive coordinator in a, in a game in which the Vikings should have a different offensive philosophy. If nothing else in this matchup, I do think he works really well off of play action. Still like his weapons here. Uh, Xavier Howard is still expected to be out, which is why I love Stephon Diggs in this week. I love Adam Thielen. And as a result, you have to think that Kirk Cousins is going to have a good week if you think Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs should have good weeks in their own right. Uh, which I do expect them to do. So I do think Kirk Cousins will be a lower-end QB1 in this particular matchup. I'm still not trusting Kyle Rudolph. Maybe the change in offensive philosophy will get Kyle Rudolph back to getting some volume set his way. But until we see it, I am not going to sit here and predict it or believe it. So I would stay away from Kyle Rudolph if you were able to do so in this matchup. I also love the Vikings defense as a play this week against the Miami Dolphins. I do think the way the Dolphins run their offense, it's not conducive to the way the Vikings play a physical style of defense, especially in Minnesota. I think the Vikings defense is going to have their way with this team. I honestly think the Dolphins get blown out in this in this particular matchup uh, here. On the Dolphins side of the ball, I don't trust anybody when it comes to putting him in my fantasy lineups. Last week, Kenyon Drake barely touched the ball and had it not been for that lateral last-second play where they credited him with the 55-yard touchdown altogether, of which he touched maybe 20 yards of that. Uh, he didn't do anything last week. He didn't touch the ball, and that was his only catch. That was only target of the game. Kenny Stills had a big week. He's not going to have a big week this week against the Minnesota Vikings. Drake, to me, is a guy who, if you're sitting there like, I need to hit a home run, he has that kind of capability to do so, but I am looking in all other directions, if I possibly can, than to have to play Kenyon Drake, and he's the only one who even comes close to me to be in a conversation as a possible fantasy start for you in your playoff matchup this particular week. All right, next up, we got the Titans, and we have the Giants, the hot red-hot Giants. Who would have thought at this point, I guess this is what happens when you play against the not even the backup quarterbacks on the team. The guys were signed off the street two, uh, two and three weeks ago. Uh, when you begin to play a team against that, you can do anything no matter who you are. Look, on the Titans side of the ball, I do think Mariota has an opportunity to get back to being a streaming quarterback this particular week. In other games where he's had plus matchups, he has been getting 20-plus points kind of consistently for them between rushing and being able to do enough passing the ball. Uh, he's been able to get you that. So I do think he's on the lower end of streaming options this week. I would actually like him to give you some idea. I would like him more than Dak Prescott as a streaming option for this particular week in this particular matchup. Uh Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. 
go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry. Derek, I know Derrick Henry came up that a huge game. And if you happen to be in the playoffs and you have Derrick Henry, you're going to be looking at the Giants like, uh, well, the Giants are on paper even a hell of a lot better matchup than the Jacksonville Jaguars are. And that, yeah, it's true. Uh, especially without Landon Collins, that I think that really hurts their run game just as much as it hurts their middle, middle of the ground passing game. But I look, if you play Derrick Henry, I, one, don't expect what you got, what he did last week. And I think everybody knows that for the most part. But two, don't expect him to be an RB2. If you're playing Derrick Henry, you're playing him with the expectation that in this particular matchup, given that he's been out carrying Deion Lewis for the past three weeks now in a row, that he has an opportunity to be a flex option. That's what he, That's what his opportunity is. That's where his value is for this particular week. I do think he could be a flex play against the New York Giants if he continues to carry the ball more than Deion Lewis in a matchup in which I don't think the Titans are going to have to throw the ball a ton. They will be able to stick with their run-first uh, mentality for the most part. I do like Corey Davis as a high-end wide receiver three. I think this is a particular week where he may be able to catch a big play and get himself into the wide receiver two conversation when it comes to productivity at the end of the week. Uh, Obviously, he's still a guy who can't completely and utterly trust, but in this matchup, I do like him as a wide receiver three if you've been rotating him in and out of your fantasy playoff teams. That pretty much wraps it up. Deion Lewis, just he hasn't been involved enough in the passing game to supplement the the loss of carries to Derrick Henry over the past few weeks. Now, this is a game in which both Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry could have good games, and it would not surprise me. But I don't know how you trust Deion Lewis right now, just given the recent lack of productivity. So I would actually stay away from Deion Lewis if you can. Derrick Henry is a flex play. Mariota is a low-end streaming play. Corey Davis as a high-end wide receiver three. On the Giants side of the ball, pretty much know you're going to start Saquon. Evan Ingram, I'm good with him as a low-end tight end one, especially in a week where I don't think Odell Beckham's going to play again. Look, he didn't practice yesterday. He didn't practice today. There's a lot of question marks about him being able to practice tomorrow with his quad injury. And if he doesn't practice tomorrow, I don't see how he suits up on Sunday. So there's a very good chance Odell Beckham misses this game again, uh, which really hurts everybody involved, especially if you were able to make it past last week when he was ruled out very late in the week. If you're able to come up with a backup option to him there, first of all, kudos to you and congratulations uh, for making it past another week without your number one wide receiver. Uh, it does mean that Sterling Shepard should have added volume. Evan Ingram will be okay. I think Shepard becomes a wide receiver three with no with no Eldell Beckham Jr. He still been has been getting nicked up in his own right. It seems like in these games. So like last week where he scored a touchdown, but he didn't really have much in volume. That had mostly to do because he got nicked up in that one. He doesn't have an injury designation for this game either. Uh, and like I said, wide receiver three with the added volume, I think is a fair place to expect Sterling Shepard. If you're looking to see what he can do without Odo Beckham yet again uh, against the Titans in this matchup, they have been susceptible to good receivers all year long, mostly though on the perimeter, but Sterling Shepard does play a lot more perimeter when Odo Beckham is out as well too. Uh, like I said, I still like Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, and that's pretty much it for the New York Giants on that side of the ball as well. So for our next game, <laughs> look, there's like three or four matchups this week that really shouldn't, they just shouldn't happen. They should just, the stadium should fall into a black hole and disappear from existence because who the hell is going to want to watch these games? We got the Redskins and the Jaguars in this matchup. 
Uh, Adrian Peterson was limited today, so it looks like he should be okay to play, kind of like how he has been for the past couple of weeks anyway. But uh, here's <laughs> I don't I don't know who else you're going to play with the Redskins. Look, you look at the Jaguars and like, well, you saw Derrick Henry just go crazy. It looked like they had no business in wanting to tackle him. Malik Jackson just got benched for reasons I cannot fathom or understand outside of they just they were going to want to cut him. They don't want him to possibly get injured because then they're on the hook for the guaranteed money that he's still owed for next year, I guess. But uh, talk about other than Clayus Campbell, Malik Jackson's the only other guy who gives him a shot to even stop the run. So Adrian Peterson has an opportunity here. Now, the one negating factor is that the offensive line of the Redskins is still not any healthier going into this matchup. So with that being the case, you're still kind of looking at it like, well, yeah, your run defense has been terrible. Yeah, you guys haven't wanted to tackle. Yeah, your defense has completely quit on the season. However, my offensive line is so bad that it may not matter. But I think Adrian Peterson at least has an opportunity to be a flex play if he's able to get 20 carries in this game. Josh Johnson's going to be the starting quarterback, so we don't have to deal with Mark Sanchez. And I do think Vernon Davis might be a worthy stream flex play, not just because Jordan Reed's hurt and he gets that starting opportunity to do so, but I do think he will have a legitimate chance to get some productivity up there. I'm not playing any of the wide receivers. Though. I'm not playing James Crowder. I'm uh, Josh Doxson's in concussion protocol anyway, and he's he's looking like he may not be able to go for this week anyway. So it's it's Adrian Peterson, it's Vernon Davis, it's nobody else. I'm not trusting Chris Thompson. Not doing any of that for the Redskins side of the ball. Uh, on the Jaguar side, you play Leonard Fournette. It's a good, good, solid play. I think he's got a good shot to get back to being an RB1 after a disappointing game against the Tennessee Titans last week. Uh, the Redskins are kind of in a similar boat on defense as the Jacksonville Jaguars where they've shown they've completely quit on the season. So I do think Leonard Fournette will, if, I mean, <laughs> that's another guy kind of like Dallin Cook where if you have Leonard Fournette and made it this far in the playoffs, again, kudos to you. Uh, but if you do have him, I do think you can play him and expect him to be an RB1. And that's it you're not going to play Cody Kessler. You're not going to play Dante Moncrief, Keenan Cole, D.D. Westbrook. That no way to all of those guys. So yeah, that's a pretty, uh, it's going to be a pretty lame game. Cause even a lot of those guys that we talked about that, who may be in your fantasy lineups or could crack your fantasy lineups. A lot of those guys are not on fantasy playoff teams right now. So it's kind of one of those situations where it's just like, eh. Don't know if anybody out there even cares because I don't know if a lot of those guys are even with the teams that would be listening to this podcast at this point in the season anyway. Look, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Baltimore Ravens. I don't trust anybody in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against this Baltimore Ravens defense. Look, yes, the Chiefs were able to put up some points, but that's because they're the Kansas City Chiefs. and That's because Patrick Mahomes is ungodly good. And even though they're able to put up 27 points, it's still the Chiefs still struggle to do so more so than I've seen them struggle against any other team. The Ravens still played a really good game in that one. I think Winston's going to be under pressure all game long. I think there's a really good opportunity. He's going to give up a lot of turnovers in this week. Uh, definitely not even sniffing Peyton Barber as a flex option. Mike Evans, you might have to play him just because you don't have anybody better, and he's been your wide receiver one, but he's been hit or miss as of late as it is, and now you're going up against a matchup that I do not like at all, for especially for Mike Evans, as he'll see Jimmy Smith most of this game. Uh, 
yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan. The only guy who I will play with some confidence, depending on my situation, is Cameron Bray. Because if they get inside of the end zone, he does have a decent opportunity to score. And as far as tight ends go, that's all you're really looking for is that opportunity to score. He does have that even in this matchup to be a low-end tight end one. So I do still say you can play Cameron Bray if you don't have any other options at tight end, which is a very likely scenario uh, if you've been able to pick up Cameron Bray in the first place, quite frankly. Deshaun Jackson hasn't practiced. I don't think Deshaun Jackson is going to make any kind of effort whatsoever to come back this season at all. Look, it's a situation for him where he knows he's getting cut from the Buccaneers at the end of this year. Anyway, he wants to be as healthy as he can be to try to sign one more contract with one more team. Uh, I don't really blame him in this situation. I don't expect him to come back and play. But I'm also not going to look to play Adam Humphrey or Chris Godwin in this matchup either. On the Ravens' side of the ball, Lamar Jackson is going to start again this week over Joe Flacco. I think that's going to be the case for the rest of the year, barring some catastrophic uh, performance on his part, which... They don't even let him throw the ball enough, in my opinion, to even have a catastrophic performance. So I think he's going to be safe in that retrospect. Gus Edwards is a flex play. They, It's really going to be tricky to what they do. The gay candidates in the ball way too much to make me feel comfortable about Gus Edwards moving forward last week. Uh, it was still half of his carries. It was Gus Edwards had 16. Kenneth Dixon had 8. As far as carry wise goes, but I do think that only increases. That was also, you know, I figured that was Dixon's first game back, really, and they were able to get him that involved, and he was actually the one who got the touchdown on top of it. We know the Ravens just, no matter how good, how promising, how talented their young running backs seem to be, they never want to stick with just one for whatever reason. Uh, so as a result, I think Gus Edwards is a flex play because I would be very concerned about Kenneth Dixon stealing a significant amount of work from him in this matchup yet again, and maybe even more than what we saw last week. It could be get closer to that 50-50 split that is dreaded when it comes to fantasy football. I'm still not trusting any of the wide receivers. Lamar Jackson plays. That means John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed will not be playing for me at all. I do love the Ravens defense, even against Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, this particular week as a stream as well. That wraps up our podcast for today. That wraps up the week 15 preview part one. I will have the week 15 preview part two available for you tomorrow. We will recap the Thursday game. We'll go over the four o'clock, the Sunday night and the Monday night games. I hope you guys all enjoyed today's game. Remember uh, today's podcast, excuse me. And I hope you enjoyed tonight's game as well. Hope it goes well for you, of course. And I hope you guys all win. So that way you come back and listen to my show again next week. Cause then after that, probably will lose all all my listeners because no no one will be playing if you don't play in an amateur hour league in week 17. Uh, but if you need to keep up to date with those player update notifications at MDFF show on Twitter. And of course at MDFF show on Facebook uh, as well for start sick questions on either Twitter or Facebook there. I will have another start sick segment for you tomorrow. So make sure you get those questions in and I'll pull out a handful to put on the show uh, tomorrow as well. And there'll be a longer one. I'll do the normal five questions tomorrow because we won't have as many games to go over uh, in that preview look. Uh, remember, if you want to listen to this episode or any other episodes, uh, www.mdfantasyfootball.podbean.com. Also available on iTunes, Simplecast, Radio Public, anywhere you go for your podcast needs. The MD Fantasy Football Show is now available for you. I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I will see you guys tomorrow.
Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.